my hot take is Austin is the new Silicon Valley. So get in while y'all still can. I think that was one of the pieces of advice that I give to a bunch of the, the new BHP applicants that I interview is, you know, they ask like, what would I have done differently in college? Big piece of advice is go get engaged in some of the startup culture in Austin and some of the kind of larger emerging tech brands that are, are making a second campus or a second HQ there. Thanks for joining us today as we take a look into the diverse journeys, struggles, and successes of business professionals as they give their perspectives on the impact of a business education, what they learn along the way, and where they will go. I'm Justin Zane, and this is Business Unraveled. Welcome to the show. Hosting with me today are Yayi and Sarayu, and joining us today is our special guest, Todd Storm, who is a UT and BHP alumni from the class of 2014 with degrees in finance, Spanish, and business honors. During his time at UT, Todd was involved with the Honors Business Association, Undergraduate Business Council, Texas Blazers Financial Analyst Program, worked in the Student Life Office, and was also a BHP peer mentor. Todd is currently a senior manager at Match Group and lives with his wife and two children as a trivia buff, avid music, and Texas football fan. Thanks for joining us today, Todd. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. So I know it's been a few years since graduation for you. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey since then? So um, as you mentioned, I graduated in the class of 2014. um, And after that, I worked at SenseCorp out of the Austin office for a few years. Had some really interesting projects there in telecom and government. Um, and eventually I made the move back to the Dallas area, which is where I'm from originally, and kind of knew I wanted to get out of the consulting space and really settle down and start a family and did just that. So hopped over to Match Group back in April of 2017, no, 2018, I think, and have been there since working in their strategy team. Fairly recently had two kids. So we have a a daughter who's going to be two here in a couple of weeks. And then we have a son who is about to be six months old. So hit him, hit him out back to back. So that, like I said, you know, definitely ready to, to get back home, be closer to family and uh, start a family of our own. That's fantastic. So we noticed that, why did you like pursue a major in Spanish? Like, have you like found that knowing Spanish is very helpful professionally or like, can you please tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, you know, the the polished right answer is that I, you know, definitely wanted to give myself a more well-rounded background. And I found that having a liberal arts experience uh, definitely added an additional, you know, flavor to my undergraduate college experience, gave me a different perspective and worldview. Uh, the more realistic answer is, you know, I was going to be on campus for four years and came in with a bunch of AP credit hours. So got a <laughs> Spanish degree because I had the time. As far as being able to apply it to my professional experience, surprisingly, I have been able to a couple of times. Facebook launched a dating product and their first country they launched in was Colombia. So I found myself reading tweets in Spanish to try and figure out if anybody in Colombia liked Facebook dating or not. Uh, So, you know, it it was definitely a fun, novel use of of Spanish, (laughs) but I don't see myself using it much more than for vacation. And then, you know, hopefully someday me and my wife want to go into foster care. So, you know, we may have some students or some uh, foster foster kids that are not, um, you know, kind of English first. So being able to lean on our Spanish in Texas is always a helpful thing. For sure. It seems like a great background to have. 
So besides your majors, we saw that you were involved in numerous different organizations in college. Which ones would you say were most impactful and how would you say you grew from them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have to give a a big shout out to HBA. You know, I think uh, that was the organization where I first found a real community and family on campus. And it was one that gave me a real shot at kind of leadership experience early on. And I think that's probably the area where I learned some of some of the most important things about how to manage people and how to run events and programs. And, you know, I, I think back like I was terrible at responding to emails, like absolutely terrible. And at times, like, you know, as a a freshman or sophomore, you're like, yeah, this doesn't really matter. Like I can let an email sit for a day, two, three days. And then you're like, oh, no, no, no. Like I need to finally get back to it. HBA kind of grilled it into my brain, the importance of being like very responsive to people, just, you know, being able to, to, you know, provide good customer service, no matter what I'm doing, where I am, all of that. And, you know, like I said, gave me some really great friends that I still, um, you know, really cherish to this day. Uh, So I loved HBA, big advocate for that. Also spent a lot of time in undergraduate business council. And I thought that was, you know, a really good experience to kind of make an impact for the the business school as a whole and and really, um, you know, feel like I was doing service with my time and, and trying to improve the life, not of just, you know, kind of the BHP community, but the McCombs community as a whole. Um, and so that was, you know, I really enjoyed that again, you know, got some really great friends out of it, put on some good events and good programs and, you know, hopefully left things a little, a little better than I found them. Thanks for telling us a little bit about your college experience. Now we want to move on to a little bit about your career. So tell us about Match Group and for our listeners out there, Match Group owns some of our favorite dating sites, such as Tinder, Match.com, OkCupid, Hinge, Plenty of Fish, Ship, and Our Time. How did you get involved with them and what has your experience been like so far? Yeah, uh, so I would definitely not recommend doing what I did, but I kind of cold applied to an open position that sounded super interesting and somehow some way worked my way through the black hole that is kind of that open resume drop and managed to, to work my way into the strategy team there. You know, as you mentioned, I think Match Group is a really cool company and also flies a little bit under the radar. Like if you look at at our stock and some of the brands we own. I mean, we're kind of on the same tier in terms of company size as a Snapchat or a Twitter or, you know, any of these other companies that are like not the Facebooks and Googles of the world, but definitely the like, you know, smaller, but still meaningful kind of social media and tech companies. So I think, you know, our size gives us some really interesting abilities to like be nimble in the market, spin up new apps and new products, but also to have, you know, kind of the capital to play with to do some really interesting things. So in my time, in my role, like a lot of the work I've done is around uh, kind of new market prioritization, be it, you know, domestically or internationally helping launch new apps or new features um, and helping any of our constituent brands think about um, the world in kind of a holistic and strategic way, as opposed to just like, you know, going to market on their own, you know, individual terms without thinking um, about how that kind of fits into the broader, both social media as well as kind of dating and, and social discovery landscapes. So, you know, it's been a really interesting time there so far and, and you know, been a very different world than uh, the consulting where I started out in the first place. So in that case, um, what do you think is going to be the future of dating or online dating? And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's uh, still TBD, which I think is is really fun and really interesting. You know, some of our brands are doing some really interesting, innovative things. Obviously, with the global pandemic, the push to video dating has been something that we've been 
very interested in, be it one-to-one -one video chatting within, you know, you're already messaging someone and then it leads to a video date within the app. But also one of our brands, Plenty of Fish, is doing something interesting around kind of live streaming and how do you bring that into the dating experience, which a lot of brands in China are already doing a really good job at. So there's, you know, I definitely think video is kind of a big component of that. And there's probably some element of social discovery closer to, you know, kind of a friend finding, community finding. It's still a little, little amorphous what exactly that's going to look like. But, you know, I think we're very interested in both helping move the market there as well as kind of discovering what kind of organically emerges within any of the individual countries that we, uh, that we're a player in. So what was your favorite project? Oh, my favorite project, I probably have to say we have a portfolio of brands under the umbrella called Match Affinity. So it's um, a lot of apps and, and sites targeted at specific demographic groups. So you might have seen Our Time, which is our 50 plus brand, or Black People Meet, which was our African-American targeted kind of um, old legacy desktop brand. Um, so they were trying to figure out kind of what's a new demographic group we can go and launch an app for. So I sat down and kind of did the work, both looking at internal data as well as the market as a whole to identify kind of what's the, the next one and uh, ended up kind of surfacing that a Christian-based dating app would be a really interesting one. And, uh, you know, my faith is really important to me. So that was kind of cool to see that, like, both be able to come into to my work life. And then, you know, it's been nice being able to see that friends have used the app and have found, you know, romantic partners. And it's only been live for about nine months now. So it's already going really well. And it's been really exciting to see, see my work kind of come to life. Out of all these dating sites you work with, do you have a favorite out of them? <laughs> favorite might be a stretch. I'll say OkCupid played a part in me and my wife getting together. We knew each other back in high school. She had a long-term boyfriend, broke up and then joined dating sites and I was already there. And, you know, OkCupid found us and said we were each other's top match. And, you know, one thing leads to another, like, you know, oh, maybe, maybe we are actually meant to be together. So uh, OkCupid has a special place in my heart, but, uh, you know, not, not an avid user anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, endorsed by OkCupid. Um, here's a live testimony of it actually works. So <laughs> go check it out. Yeah, I love that. What a cute story. Um, but now looking at the future, based off of your past work experiences, it looks like you have tried out numerous different career paths, commercial banking, finance, and consulting, all which kind of revolve around data analytics and technology. As far as your future goals, though, do you think you've met your match here or do you have plans for something else? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I'm realizing that in no, no matter what role you take on, be it finance or marketing or supply chain or, you know, IT, MIS type roles, uh, having an underpinning in data and analytics is, is really pivotal because every decision we make should be, you know, data driven to the extent it can be. So whether you're trying to figure out, do I spend money on Facebook advertising or TV advertising, or, you know, you're trying to figure out financial modeling and, and you know, sizing a company or doing financial forecasting. All of that is really underpinned by kind of good Excel work, you know, maybe good database work, being able to do SQL analytics, maybe being able to do Python or Visual Basic. So I think all of those things are really kind of good, hard skills to have and, you know, ideally to walk away from McCombs and BHP being able to do. 
Um, so I think no matter what, being able to kind of get in the weeds and do some of the data analysis uh, on my own is definitely a part of whatever career path I continue to pursue. You know, obviously when I'm now seven years out, almost seven years out of college, uh, you know, this is, I think, a point where I'm looking to expand into kind of more people management, you know, work as I as I continue to grow my career. But, you know, that's that's something that I think will come with time. And, you know, I don't want to uh, write off the hard skills as I continue to grow some of those, you know, soft skills and people management skills. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned how important it is to leave college with those hard skills and just kind of have that background. If you had to choose one class at UT that, you know, it was your favorite class or you would recommend it to every student there, it doesn't have to be in data analytics at all. Um, mm-hmm. But what would that class be? Yeah, uh, I think the most foundational was for me probably MIS 301H. Uh, and unfortunately, y'all will never get the joy of having Professor Kanana. He's, you know, now flown the nest and gone to Maryland, I think. But that class was, I think, really interesting, both in terms of kind of framing the strategic discussion around like the technology space, which was something I was always interested in and have been very excited to, to kind of land in as my career right now, but also the ability to do some of the kind of foundational Excel and, you know, access kind of database work. Um, so I think that was the first one that really exposed me to both the like big picture strategic aspects of business and technology, as well as some of the hard skills and how do you marry the two of them together to kind of come up with a, you know, a really good insight or perspective that is very data-driven and defensible. Um, so I think MIS 301H, highly recommend. Y'all don't really get a say in it, but highly recommend you take it and enjoy it and embrace it to the full extent that you can. But obviously, you know, that that is just one of many classes that I enjoyed and, you know, kind of continue to, to lean on to this day. That's great to hear. So the listeners out there may not know it, but um, I understand that you are a huge trivia buff. So off the top of your head, what is your favorite piece of trivia knowledge? Oh, my goodness. That's a very good question. And I don't think I have a great answer. Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, nothing's coming to mind. The one I need to look up is, you know, as you have a child, your realm of you know, knowledge and expertise definitely shifts. So the current argument in our house right now is whether or not an orca is a whale or a dolphin or a third category cestation, which is, I think, the umbrella term over those. So uh, I need to Google that. And then hopefully I'll have a new piece of trivia to use, which, you know, is very valuable in real life. So uh, but yeah, no, definitely huge trivia buff. Would love to be on Jeopardy. Very sad Alex Trebek passed. But that is still definitely a life goal. And then hopefully there, uh, you know, I'll come up with a better prompted trivia response. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Be sure to cheer you on when we see you on Jeopardy. Um, I also know that you're a huge fan of Longhorn football. Hook'em. How did you feel about the news of Tom Herman leaving? Oh, man. You know, I would love for a little more stability. Hoping Sarkeesian is a, you know, is a right fit. You know, very good redemptive story that I would love to see kind of play out and uh, work out for Longhorn success. And then fingers crossed that we go get Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback in the 2022 class. So if we do that, I think we're, I think we're good. I think we're set for, uh, you know, let's see, national championship 2023, maybe also 2024. We'll see. That'll be when Bama comes to campus. So we got a couple of bumpy years ahead of us. Oh yeah. We'll be ready for it. Thanks for that. Another fun question we usually like to ask our guests is about their hot take, which is a potentially controversial opinion. 
So what would your hot take be? Mm, my hot take, you know, I'm sure plenty of people have written this. My hot take is Austin is the new Silicon Valley. So get in while y'all still can. I think that was one of the pieces of advice that I give to a bunch of the, the new BHP applicants that I interview is, you know, they ask like, what would I have done differently in college? Big piece of advice is go get engaged in some of the startup culture in Austin and some of the kind of larger emerging tech brands that are, are making a second campus or a second HQ there, be it Apple, Facebook, Google, Oracle moving its HQ, Tesla, like the, you know, the list is just kind of a litany of the, the big players that have come out of Silicon Valley over the past 20 years. I think, you know, I didn't fully appreciate what it meant to be in Austin and enmeshed in such a like interesting and innovative culture in the Austin, uh, Austin community and not just within the UT community. So, you know, I would definitely say if you have time, like explore an internship at a startup or do some of the, the things around South by Southwest. You know, they have a startup crawl every year once things get back to normal. Um, look at some of those opportunities and resources that are available in Austin, because I think, you know, UT is definitely an engine for continuing that growth. And I think BHP has a, a really unique spot to play as, you know, we continue to grow the Austin community, both in tech and outside of tech. Perfect. Thank you so much. I completely agree. That is actually what my parents have been telling me too, that Austin is the place to be. So when I committed, they were very excited about that. Now, just before we finish up, I guess we want to leave our listeners with some words of wisdom. So what inspires you or keeps you motivated? Yeah, I think a big part is just, you know, personal relationships. And for me, family is really, really important. And I think, you know, it took time after college for me to, to really come to terms with that. Um, so, you know, I think figure out what relationships are important to you and kind of invest in those as much as you can. Like, even with some of the difficulties around the coronavirus, you know, I think where we've taken risks as a family, it's been to, you know, invest in some of those family relationships, be it cousins, aunts and uncles, grandparents, you know, I think I didn't fully appreciate how much those people meant to me until I'd moved back to Dallas and really started being intentional and investing in, in those people's lives. So, um, you know, whether it's friends on campus or coworkers or family, just figure out the relationships that, you know, kind of will always be there, no matter what kind of what's foundational to who you are as a person and, you know, who kind of brings out the best of you and just really make sure you invest in those relationships. Cause I know it's hard sometimes to like, keep that bigger perspective as you're on campus. It's like you see the same people in orgs, you see the same people in classes, you maybe see the same people at jobs, but you don't, you know, maybe necessarily have that that plug back into, you know, your home base, your family, things like that. So just figure out, you know, kind of how important is family to you? How important are friendships to you? And who kind of, who are the people that are your ride or dies? Who's going to be there forever? And, and really just, you know, kind of put the time and energy into building that relationship and do that earlier than I did. And uh, I think you'll, you'll be in good shape. Thank you so much. So I guess just kind of in a similar vein, do you have any mottos that you live by or just words of advice? No, so no mottos. And along a similar line, you know, I had friends, we we're chatting back and forth about New Year's resolutions, and I don't really have one of those either. You know, I think uh, I'm just trying to keep a mindset of, um, of kind of gratefulness this year. I think like, Obviously, the last year has been really challenging for so many people, and I think I have it so well. Like, I'm, you know, nice and safe in a house. I work from home. I don't have to go out on a daily basis. So, you know, just finding time to really be intentional about 
being thankful for what I have for a happy and healthy family, for a good, stable job, for all of that, because, you know, I just feel like I've been blessed in so many ways. So I try to continue to be even more grateful in this coming year. Yeah. Thank you so much for ending us on a bright note. We really enjoyed talking to you a little bit about your college experience, your careers today, and some of your outlook on life. So thank you so much. And thanks for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think this is an awesome thing that y'all are doing. Thanks for tuning in to Business Unraveled, where we share not just the successes, but also the struggles of the business journey. Thank you for your support, and a special thank you to our team, Yai Ding, Seriu Gangavelli, Nicholas Kao, and Chris Wang for the production of this episode. To stay connected with us, follow our Instagram at Business Unraveled and leave us any comments or suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.